everybody and welcome to the true crime squad this is katie weaver i'm here with my sister co-host and partner in crime christy brower hello hello hey everybody how's it going it is going i've just put on these halloween fingernails which are so cute they are so um cute. i don't know if i can wear them though <laughs> i feel <laughs> as though i am have handicapped myself to a point that I don't know how to do anything with them on. So we'll see <laughs> how it goes. They're very cute. They're hand painted. They're just darling. Um, but holy crap, they're long. Mm -hmm. It's 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 they were the short ones. These wear the short ones, yeah. These yeah. are a lot to contend with. They refer to these as the sport nails. Uh-huh. I don't know what sport you're playing in these. Um <laughs> kickball. Maybe? No, I don't know. Not something so, with your hands, for sure. Something yeah. that doesn't use your hands. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm never super great with nails, but I really wanted to wear some cute Halloween ones. So we'll see. I'm giving it a go. Well, okay. Sounds good. Yeah. Well, we had our first fall fair of the season last or last year, yesterday. <laughs> we did. We did. But it was fun. It was a beautiful, beautiful day. Oh, gosh. It was such a nice day. Actual fall weather, guys. We're getting it. We're so happy awesome and it uh it was at our friend kaylee's uh business mystic misfits they're in a brand new location and their venue is just absolutely gorgeous so oh, that was yeah. super fun so cool. got that to was. see some old friends and that's what these fairs have just turned into like you know reunions for us <laughs> they, yeah it's like old home week for us when we used mm -hmm. to have our store and yeah. you know everybody that you know from having that that we just don't see on a regular basis has been really fun mm -hmm. yeah so it was great, and now uh, today's actually Sunday, but we're recording our Monday and Tuesday episodes today, actually. Look at us getting our shit together. How are we this organized? Um, what happened? I, I do not know, but it well, it's fall. Mm -hmm. The running um, of summer has finally wrapped up, so we'll be back to our normal content without so much trouble. We're trying to be back to normal, which is really hard when you're just not normal at all. But here we are. <laughs> we do our best. We, we genuinely do. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm going to. So it is Monday. We'll have a new episode on Tuesday, a new episode on Wednesday. And then, of course, we'll be back Wednesday night for case updates. Also, mm -hmm. this Saturday night and Sunday night. So the 14th and the 15th is the Lifetime Movie Event. Extravaganza. <laughs> and we're going to do a watch party both nights. Yep. So here's how it'll work. We will schedule them and they'll, they'll be right here per normal uh, on, well, on YouTube. That's where you'll find them. Uh, and mm. on our Facebook page, we won't be on screen. There won't be anything on screen, probably just a meme or something that we put up there, mm. but we'll be in the chat room. So we're all going to just watch those two nights of uh, gripping television together. And we'll just be hanging out in the chat room talking about it and making, I'm sure, a lot of fun of, uh, well, you know, Alex Murdoch. Snag remarks, and, uh, you know. Yeah. The terrible casting we already know is happening. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All that. 
So it's just going to be fun. So watch for that coming up. Uh, I don't actually know what time it airs yet. We'll have to figure that out. But mm -hmm. it is on Lifetime. It is uh, based on the Murdaw murders. And that's going to be, yeah, sun, Saturday and Sunday night. So watch them pop in the chat room and uh, visit with us. Yeah. It's going to be. You'll see our lives get scheduled. So mm -hmm. just click the little bell so you get our notifications. And that way you will know. Yep. It's going to be great. We're going to snark our asses off probably. I'm sure that's true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But without further ado, let's get into it. So I'm going to kick the mic over to you yeah. for some WTF news. Right. As you know, we've kind of launched a little spin-off of this show. We're still doing it on this show, but then we're, we've got it on a dedicated podcast too, called Mormon Misdeeds Unveiled. And this is one of those episodes. So yes, let's talk about this gal right here. This is um, Roselle, known as Rosie Anderson Stevenson. She was formerly known as Rosie Hamblin. She is 70 years old and she is from Provo, Utah. She is the ex-wife of David Hamblin. David Hamblin, and we're going to do a deep dive on this whole story, but I wanted to kick it off because she has just been arrested. David Hamblin was a therapist in Utah, Mormon therapist, who uh, has been arrested and charged with some really heinous aggravated sexual abuse of children. Oh. Well, his ex-wife, Rosie, um, has now also been arrested. Um, David ha has been charged with sexual abuse of a child, lewdness with a child, rape of a child, and severe counts of sodomy on a child, and was booked into the Utah County Jail uh, on one felony count of sodomy on a child. This oh is God. what she's facing. It's the same stuff he's facing. Mm -hmm. um, a district court judge found that there was enough evidence to support the charge. And that this woman, let's look at her face. Because she's just a kind of regular old looking white lady. Mm -hmm. Pretty typical Mormon white lady, honestly. Mm -hmm. um, the judge found her to be... Uh, such a risk to the community that she is being held without bail. Wow. She is 70 years old. That says so, a lot because yes. the courts hate, or the jails hate having people that old because, yeah, yeah, just for all the reasons, but yeah. Now this case is, is kind of an old one. Now I'm not saying there aren't others because there probably are, but the original case is a female victim who came forward in April of 2022 in Utah County. She is now 42 years old. She told investigators that the sexual abuse began when she was six and lasted until she was 12 or 13. Aww. She uh, maintains that she was sexually assaulted by David and Rosie Hamlin in their home in Spring City, Utah. Wow. So, um, this is unreal. Trigger warning for all the things when it comes to child sexual abuse. For those of you that don't want to hear this, <coughs> the victim is alleging that David Hamlin forced her to perform oral sex on his wife at the time, Rosie. 
Um, the probable cause affidavit is really graphic mm -hmm. and that's why I'm not going to read it. Um, she was being taught by Rosie and David how to perform oral sex on a female is what the victim says. Oh, for the love. What? Uh, yeah. In the probable cause affidavit, it says the defendant and her husband took the victim into a bedroom where the defendant stripped nude and got onto her bed. The victim told investigators that is when she was forced to perform oral sex on Rosie with David Hamblin giving instructions. Oh, my God. Yeah. So this was filed um, last Wednesday or two Wednesdays ago. This is quite recent that um, Rosie's arrest has taken place. So this was in, uh, let's see, this was filed by the uh, prosecuting attorney. And it shows that between 1992 and 1993, when the victim was 12 or 13 years old, she was at the Hamlin's home. They can prove that. It says she was taken into a room where Rosie Hamlin was wearing a sheer nightgown. It says David Hamlin, the co-defendant, directed the victim to perform oral sex on Rosie while he laid on the bed with his genitals exposed. It also oh contends God. that the victim was promised a toy prize if she did a good job and did what she was told. What the hell? Yeah. Oh. It's, it's horrible. And, you know, the, the already David Hamblin has already been charged here. Uh -huh. um, well, this is yeah. an ongoing investigation well, that's going on. Yeah. In, in Utah, in uh, Joab and San, and San Pete counties. Then these uh -huh. are things that happened in the 80s and 90s. So this is just uh -huh. the beginning of I'm afraid of what is going to be an absolutely horrific situation. Yep. We're going to do a whole episode on the Hamblins and on what we know now and kind of what's being investigated. But I wanted to kick it off with just letting you know that Rosie Hamblin has now been arrested and is being held without bail. Good. And that's exactly where she ought to be. And mm -hmm. we're going to see what's going to happen with her and David. They have arrested them and are they're holding them in the same county they want them in the same jurisdiction i'm assuming they're going to try to try them together because what's being alleged is that they committed this abuse together uh -huh. this is stunningly horrifying uh -huh. you look at this little old lady this little 70 year old woman uh -huh. it it there are a lot of cases like this in Mormonism. Shocking. Yeah. Shocking yeah. child sexual abuse. We've seen it before. Mm. We'll see it again. But uh, we will continue to cover the Hamlins and go into a deep dive. Probably next week I'll I'll do um, a whole deep dive on David Hamlin and the whole situation so that you all know what's going on. But mm -hmm. we wanted to shine some light on this and just continue the conversation about the rampant and unstoppable child sexual abuse that has happened in the Mormon church over the years. Uh -huh. Seeing this come to light now is awesome, but I mean, it makes me wonder how many victims are out there of the hand. Right. Right. She couldn't possibly that. be the only one. Could no. possibly, but maybe her it, bravery and willingness to speak up. Of course, you know, yeah. there's probably countless kids out there that did speak up. 
you know well i'm i'm afraid yes because you and, know and we, we're just we know right back under the rug growing yeah, up sure. in this religion that lots of stuff just gets handled by the bishop mm -hmm. which means that nobody does anything yep. so seeing these things come to light and being handled by the criminal justice system gives me a better feeling of at least there's something happening yeah but how many more of these situations are going on well, under the guise of shut a therapy and religion yeah yeah but it is hard to shut up a 32 year old a 42 year old so yeah. we'll be back with a lot more information on that case but i did want to get that started and with that katie i'm gonna kick it back to you for our main case okay This is a case that's been going on now for about a year and a half, and I will uh, admit we haven't covered it yet, and it really, uh, it's time. Some things have cropped up that make me want to get all over it, so here we are. So this is Jared Brightigan. Okay. Jared was an exec for Microsoft who was murdered in 2022. He was ambushed, and I'll tell you about it, but I want to show you. Uh, this is his ex-wife, Shauna Gardner-Fernandez. Okay. Uh, Shauna and Jared got married sometime around 2010. They were married for about five years. They had a set of twins. And Shauna is from a very prominent, extremely wealthy Mormon family from Utah. Her mother founded Stampin' It Up, or Stamp It Up. Stamp it's it up, a, I think. Yeah, it's, it's a paper craft company that mm -hmm. uh, she founded sometime around 2008. Like scrapbooking type stuff, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which scrapbooking is huge in, in Mormon families. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Huge. It's a big deal. It's kind of an extension of genealogy, I think, is why. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is also an MLM. And if you don't know this, MLMs mm. are huge in Mormonism. They're we'll the capital before, of but... the country in MLMs. Mm -hmm. Well, Mormon moms are really encouraged to not work. And it is a huge challenge because, first of all, it's hard to live on a one-income family anymore. But also, you have a lot of women who need something besides raising their kids to to do and, and honestly besides church to do that uh gives them some sense of accomplishment and to bring some money into their families because they probably desperately need it right when i was mormon and, and my kids were little i can't tell you how many meetings i was invited to and that was always the crux of it well don't you want to have do a job like this where you can leave the kids home with dad in the evenings here and there and have a little time away with the girls and earn a little yeah. extra money. And that's what it was always about. And uh, it, it's embarrassing to tell you how many MLMs we have been a part of. Mm -hmm. It's a lot, it's but it's many. because of this mm -hmm. very thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. And they always do their meetings at some uh, more wealthy person's home, uh, whether they're a part of this or not. <laughs> They just right. talk people with beautiful houses into letting them have meetings there, essentially. And mm -hmm. some woman marches in in a fabulous outfit, beautiful and perky and bright as can be, and tells you all about this fabulous thing and how wonderful her life is since she started doing it. And don't you want to do it too? And pretty soon you're 
thinking about how you can move some money around and whip out your debit card, you know, because right. the promise is you can do what they're doing and maybe have more money and be a better mom, you know. Right. The constant pressure to forever provide for your children, be absolutely the end all be all for them, mm -hmm. uh, but also don't work, but be mm -hmm. productive, mm -hmm. bring in money, but don't have a job, you know. Mm -hmm. But Either here's the loophole in every to not moment. work, but actually yeah. work. Yeah. 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 So, so Stampin' It Up is a company that uh, is like that. And it went great guns. Uh, and the, the parents of Shanna are very, very wealthy due to that. So back to Shanna. They married around 2010. They had twins. One of the babies has a really serious heart condition, and mm. they were told that he needed to be at sea level for his health. So oh. Jared and Shanna moved to Jacksonville, Florida, where his roots are, in order to uh, take the best care of the little one's health. Well, sometime around 2015, their marriage came apart. Uh, at one point, Jared had purchased her for Christmas some trainings uh, like with a private trainer at their gym. And mm -hmm. then rumors of an affair started to swirl that oh. uh, perhaps she was actually having an affair with the trainer. And it wasn't very long after that they divorced or started a divorce. The divorce was insanely contentious. And mm -hmm. even once it was complete, Shanna, basically it sounds like, I'm presuming, had pretty much a blank check from her parents to do whatever. And so she drug him back into court over and over and over and over, over custody stuff. Now, Jared's slouch. Yeah. He was an executive for Microsoft. He had mm -hmm. plenty of money and was defending himself and just wanted to be a dad. And at the time of his death, actually had 50-50 custody. And Ooh. in 2017, he remarried. And uh, Sh Shanna remarried as well. He remarried a, a darling girl named Kirsten. They have had two more children since. So he had his twins that are about 11 now and about 10 around the time of dad's death. And then two younger children. Well, things continued to be very contentious with Shanna. And last year, he had come to get the kids and the, the twins, he took them to dinner. He had a weekly uh, dinner date, it sounds like, with them. And he had also brought uh, their half-sister, their two-year-old daughter, mm -hmm. uh, to dinner. So he went to dinner with three of his children, dropped the twins off at home, headed back down the road. And just a few miles down the road, he saw a tire in the middle of the road. So he stopped to move the tire, and while he was out of the car, somebody shot him many times and oh, killed God. him right there in the road uh, with his two-year-old in the car all alone. Mm. And in fact, they said that uh, bullets uh, flew very close to that child. Thank God she wasn't oh, hit. God. Uh, the police decided that actually that tire in the road was planted there. That was a part of the... The plan, they knew he would stop and get the tire out of the road. So that was part of the opportunity to ambush him and get him out of the car. 
So a little police work leads them to this gentleman, Henry Tenen or Tenen. So Henry, Henry's about, he's in his early 60s. And as it turns out, he was a tenant to this guy. This guy happens to be, let's see, his name is Mario, I believe, Fernandez. Mario Fernandez. No, he doesn't go by Fernandez. Well, I think that's his actual name. Anyway, Mario happens to be the husband of Shanna Gardner Fernandez. Oh, geez. That's a little too close to home. Mm -hmm. Oh, Henry... Henry rolls right over. Pleads guilty. Uh, he's pleads guilty to second degree murder and basically implicates who everyone thinks is Mario and Shanna. But uh, Mario was arrested earlier this year and nothing for Shanna. And the public has been like, what the hell? If he was involved, surely mm-hmm. she was involved. Her parents, in a statement that they sent out to all of their Stamp It Up reps, indicated that she and Mario had been separated for quite a while. Now, quite a while to me is pretty relative because this has all happened in the scope of, uh, you know, from the time she got married the first time, it's only been 13 years. What is quite a while to you, you know? Right. But it doesn't matter. Anyway, so... In the meantime, after Jared died, she moved. She loaded the twins up and moved to Washington, where uh, her parents purchased her a million-dollar home. And that's where she's been living with the kids. So, which really made people question why, because didn't the son need to be in Florida? Didn't he need to be at uh, sea level for that heart? Right. Uh, also moved them away from their two half siblings and from their grandparents. And here mm. we are. Now, her parents still live in Utah, but they do have the Stampin' It Up people, the gardeners. But they did have a like $3.6 million beach house in Jacksonville. And they sold it in August. So she's just been kind of living fat and happy in Washington, just letting Mario and, of course, Henry just uh, take the fall for what happened to Jared. Well, lo and behold, finally, in August, she was arrested. She was indicted by a grand jury, and the charges are pretty intense. She's got charges for first-degree murder and child abuse. And conspiracy to commit first-degree murder. Mm. And solicitation to commit first-degree murder. And the police are basically indicating that they think that she was likely uh, not just involved, but the mastermind of this plan, which turned out to not be very masterful. Uh, But Mm. so now... She was in court last week. They're still trying to get her extradited. It took quite a while for the governor of Florida to sign the uh, extradition material. Uh, Mm -hmm. Jay Inslee now in Washington has signed his part. 
there was another delay. Her attorney says he's filing a writ of habeas corpus. They're basically just mm. delaying as long as they can. She will be extradited right. to Florida. The only way you can really successfully fight extradition is to prove that you're not the person they're looking for. Right. Well, she most certainly is. And so you know how be... well that's gone for other people. Mm. Nick Alaverde and Lori Vallow, you know. Yeah. Yeah. People like that. Mm-hmm. So she's fighting it, but it means nothing because it's just delaying the inevitable. But for right now, she is still in jail in uh, Washington while they wait. But wow. some stuff came out this last week about her parents that is really troubling. Mm. So first of all, she has apparently uh, given her parents custody of the children. Mm. It is really troubling to me that people who have been accused of major crimes and sometimes even convicted, if you remember one of the case of Chanel that we're covering out of Alaska right now, uh, right. that somehow people that have been accused and or convicted of major crimes can still call the shots about where their kids end up. Yeah. That's really bothersome to me, particularly in Shanna's case. The reason that there's a child abuse charge is because this happened in front of a two-year-old right that baby witnessed her dad getting done gunned down she was nearly killed herself and then Mm. she sat alone in that car for it sounds like it was a matter of like seven minutes or so but still until uh you know a passerby arrived and discovered this scene and this child Mm. but anything could have happened I mean, yeah. luckily, the people that came upon it were good citizens and called the police and got help. She could have been kidnapped. Anything right. could have happened. They put her life in major danger. So that's why that's there's it. a child abuse charge. To mm-hmm. me, because there's a child abuse charge, because the charge has to do with the father of these children, I don't think Shanna Gardner-Fernandez ought to be able to decide anything about where they go. I don't. Right. I know. I agree. It's a problem we have in the law. Yeah, because how do we know they're making the right choice for their kids or if they're just covering their own ass? We don't know. Yeah. In the meantime, essentially, since Jared has died, his family is saying that they have been cut off completely from accessing the twins. They're not allowed to speak to them on the phone. They haven't been allowed to see them. Mm -hmm. They haven't been allowed to have anything to do with them. How is that what's best? How is that what's best for these kids? How do you, especially when they had completely 50%, cut off from dad's family? Yeah. And they had 50% of their time at dad's house with their mm. half siblings. So, stepmom, uh, Kirsten, has been on the news, on the internet, doing podcast interviews, constantly saying, please, Shanna. We just want to see the kids. We just want to be a part of their lives. We want them to see their siblings. They miss them. We want to be, you know, family with them. And his parents as well, though it sounds like uh, his dad has been ill and they don't really have enough. Who can fight people that have the kind of money that the gardeners do, you know? Right. So here's what happened this week that is concerning. And again, takes me back to the same frustration with families like this because in the LDS church families are king there's nothing more important than family except for the church 
Mm -hmm. and as long as it's the right kind of family exactly as long as it's your family but obviously mm -hmm. they don't care about everybody's family with what they're doing so now of course and and actually her mother was present when the police finally came and arrested her her mom was there at the house mm -hmm. so they've now taken the children and so jared's family is now asking a court to give them custody of the grandkids they're like no mm. this bitch is in jail for trying for helping you know to pull off the murder of our son no we want the kids right so the gardeners filed uh some forms this last week that were full of lies or mm. potentially lies and it was actually fox news that broke this story so here's what they said they said that they have several things on their forms that are misleading at the least and uh, completely dishonest at the most so this is the petition that was filed in benton county superior court in washington so one of the questions is during the past five years have any of the children lived outside of washington state well yeah for four of these years, they have lived in Florida, right? Mm -hmm. They said no. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a whole set of questions after that for a comprehensive list of where they've lived and with whom, and they just skipped it. Mm. So. That's not going to fly with the courts at all. No. You can't just lie and and withhold information that the judge is not going to tolerate that mm -hmm. i mean they signed this form under uh pen with their lawyer under penalty of perjury but it was more mm -hmm. than that there's a question on the form that asks do you know of anyone besides you and the parents who have or claims to have a legal right to spend time with these children and they said no even though Kirsten Breidigan has helped raise these kids and has been begging to have some connection to them. Well, and has made claims to have that as the grandparent, as have the other grandparents. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. And then the other thing that's really troubling is that there's a question that asks, uh, asks the gardeners to list the children's assets. And they omitted the very sizable trust accounts that both of the twins have. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So none of those things are going to be hard to prove or to fight. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's the hope of the Brightigans that the court sees this for what it is and go, yeah, no. Really, really frustrating. Now, the gardeners have requested that the children have limited or no visitation with their mother due to her charges. Oh, we're doing the right thing now? Okay. Mm -hmm. I don't think so. I think this is really frustrating. I think this is really wrong. Yeah. And it'll be really interesting to see what the courts decide to do with this because they committed perjury in the forums needed to be able to uh you know 
receive custody of these kids. Mm -hmm. And had they not done that and just said straight out, you know, we're, we're the mother of, or the parents of their mother. Yes, she has these charges. We want to remain a part of their lives. We want to help raise them. We have the financial means to do so. We have the time that, yeah, the time to do so, whatever. Right. But here's all of the facts of the case. That would be one thing totally different. But the fact that they lied and they lied and they lied. Why? Why? Yeah. Why? Why? Can't yeah. We... And do, do they really think they're going to get away with that? Like, do you think that this information is going to be taken at face value and not checked? Yeah. I mean, come I think on. They do. Because yeah, the courts are going to look at what's best for these children. Bottom line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's a hard case. It's a very sad one. It makes me so sad for these kids. They just do not deserve this. They've mm. obviously been drugged through it over and over and over again with uh, in their short lives. And it really, really sucks. Yeah, in the meantime, you've got grandma posting pictures of her doing all kinds of fun stuff with the kids, just acting like life is sunshine and roses. Mm. It's just gross. And right. anyway... I really hope for the, the Brightigan family's uh, sake that they get custody or half custody or something, something. Uh, to be able to have these children in their lives. They certainly deserve that. Right. Well, and these kids deserve to have their whole family. They've yeah. already lost their dad. They're supposed to lose their whole dad side of their family and their half siblings. Because right. of their mother's crimes? Right. Oh, come on. So we'll keep a close eye on this case. Obviously, uh, we're going to be waiting for extradition to happen. Mm -hmm. It looks to me like it's probably will happen by the end of October, but we'll see. I believe they have another hearing on the 16th. So I don't think she's far from heading to Florida. Uh, she will be facing the death penalty, by the way. And wow. Florida just made it even easier to give the death penalty. So uh, yes, Shannon, you should probably be shaking in your shoes right now. I would think so. Wow. Yeah. So there you go. So with that, I'm going to kick the mic back over to you for a uh, true crime news update. Yes. We have been following the Ruby, Frankie, Jody Hildebrandt child abuse situation since the beginning. Mm -hmm. And I thought I'd give us a little update, just some clarity and kind of where we're at with this case now. So Ruby and Jody are both in jail uh, with currently no bail. Uh -huh. They were supposed to have, they haven't even been charged um, officially yet. Uh -huh. And they were supposed to have a um, bail hearing a couple of weeks ago. There was a request to hold off on that for a while till after the 5th of October, which has come and gone. So I'm thinking we're going to start seeing something happen here um, because there is such a preponderance of evidence in this case. Uh -huh. They are currently each charged with six counts of aggravated felony child abuse. This is, um, you'll remember, due to um, one of the Frankie children escaping from Jody Hildebrand's house and going to a neighbor. And this child had obviously was hard, was emaciated, had injuries, said that they'd been being tied to the floor and asking for help. So a neighbor called 911. 
Um, two of the children, the two youngest of the six uh, Frankie children were found in that house. And we're, we're learning more about what's been happening and why this has all happened. So Ruby and Kevin, you know, are were the uh, family vlogger uh, account, eight passengers. They've been around yeah. for quite a few years. There have been concerns about child abuse with them in the past. They have been reported. Their account was reported to YouTube. Um, a lot of things have happened because people oh, yeah. were concerned about the extreme parenting uh, techniques that were being used. Uh -huh. Well, for the last year, Kevin and Ruby have been estranged, living separately while going through family therapy, couples counseling, something like that with Jody Hildebrandt. Jody Hildebrandt is a fairly well-known therapist in Utah, particularly an addiction therapist, and has been utilized by um, the Mormon Church quite a lot to, uh, you know, if a, if a bishop, which is a Mormon clergy member, had someone they needed to send to counseling, they have a list of people that the Mormon Church recommends, and Jody has been on that list. Uh-huh tell you a little bit about uh jody because there's some really there's some really concerning um things that have gone on so jody um has most recently been the founder and creator of the connections classroom it was based in orem utah and this curriculum is based on her experience working at a program called Cirque Lodge, which is a drug rehabilitation center that uh -huh. treats addiction. So after leaving her job there, she created this Connections 101 course, which is um, teaching through different counseling programs that she offered through her website, Connections Classroom. Uh -huh. The uh, reviews that are coming out about Jody and Connections are shocking uh, terrifying hmm. um some of the things that have gone on uh, things have been really really destructive her work has been very destructive of and not just now like for a for couple a, of a significant amount of yeah. time yeah jody's whole main teaching is that um ev everyone is in distortion their love their life is distortion their way of dealing with things the way that they look at their lives is distortion and she has to bring them back to truth uh -huh. and the truth is her truth uh -huh. so the basis for her program are um being addicted to things like your spouse work shopping electronic games sleep social media driving receiving uh -huh. compliments exercise eating drugs or alcohol sex pornography, hobbies, and entertainment. Her what list of things that you can become addicted to is basically endless, which is completely ridiculous uh -huh. and does not fall within any um, actual mental health guidelines. These are the vast majority of these things are not things that you can be addicted to. Particularly her big focus on pornography yes. and accusing people of being porn addicts that flatly are not right and being really focused on that kind of stuff 
very heavily focused yeah. on it. Um, she also focuses on living in shame and denial, mm -hmm. knowing you are not enough, being codependent in your relationships, living in lust, which includes being sexually attracted to your spouse. What? Yeah. And controlling and manipulating other people. So as far as Jody Hildebrandt has been concerned, everyone lives in distortion. Uh -huh. And the only way to come out of distortion is to go through her very extreme therapeutic practices, therapeutic with air quotes, uh -huh. and live in her truth. Okay. Um, there is a website called, uh, go to jodyhildebrandt.com. This is a website that is, it is not her website. This is a website that's been organized by people who see themselves as having been her victims. There are a lot of um, reviews uh -huh. from people talking about their experiences with her and how destructive she has been and how much um, she has damaged people's oh, lives. Yeah. And destroyed their she families. She has ruined people's lives over and Absolutely over. Absolutely ruined their lives. Yeah. 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 Now, uh, it is confirmed that Jody Hildebrandt is a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Mm -hmm. And that she, you know, has been um, contracted by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints to provide her kind of therapy mm -hmm. um, to many people and, and paid by the Mormon Church. Mm -hmm. Um. You know, there's a lot of a lot of people say that what Jody teaches, what she does, they don't line up with Mormon uh, teachings. But that's actually not true at all. They really do. The guilt, the shame, the constantly being wrong, the uh -huh. need for someone else to forever tell you what you're supposed to be doing, uh, the um, confrontational way that she runs her programs. Uh -huh. um, it, it, she has a women's group and a men's group, and the men are to confront each other about their behaviors the women are to confront each other about their behaviors it's so familiar to me because as mormon kids we were constantly confronted by other people in our uh -huh. neighborhood in our ward if they felt like we were wearing inappropriate clothing or doing or saying something uh -huh. that wasn't appropriate people would just come right up to you and confront you to your face i mean that's oh, yeah. definitely a big part of this and the constant I mean, guilt and shame yeah and the not only is that accepted but it's Expected. Expected. Yes. You consider uh, it BYU Idaho. Sexuality. Mm. Huge. You know, yeah. very much it is Mormon. Oh, yeah. Her, what she's been teaching totally. and doing is very Mormon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, say what you were going to say about BYU Idaho. Yeah. At BYU Idaho and at BYU, uh, Brigham Young University, these are uh, Mormon church owned colleges. They have to sign an honor code that is very strict and has a lot of rules. And if you, as a roommate, know that your roommate isn't following the honor code, if you don't turn them in, when they get caught, you're getting sent home too. Yeah. I mean, let that sink in. If you know that your roommate is sneaking around with their boyfriend or coming home after curfew, or smoking and drinking, or lots of other things, and you don't go to the bishop or the honor code office and say, hey, my roommate's doing this stuff, 
if and when they do get caught by someone else, you are going to be in trouble for not ratting them out. Yep. Yeah. Missionaries now have phones because they do a lot of their missionary work via social media these days. Mm -hmm. Missionary companions are expected to check each other's phones periodically, go through their phones to make sure they're not doing things they aren't supposed to. Oh, yeah. It's they're, very much uh, expected mm -hmm, to police each other and turn each other in for any uh, slight. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So things are just uglier and uglier with this situation. Um, we have learned that in this year um, where Ruby and Kevin were separated, Kevin was not allowed to make any contact with Ruby or their children. And that he only Ruby could reach out and she only did three or four times in a whole year. Mm -hmm. uh, he says he has no idea what was happening with the kids. I'm not going to speak to that because I have no way of knowing if he knows what was going yeah. on with the kids. Now, if I was being refused contact with my own children, I think I'd be doing something about it. You know, mm -hmm. um, people have trusted Jody so implicitly in this situation that it is terrifying mm -hmm. to the level of not him not attempting to reach out and check on his own children mm -hmm. we know yeah, now that doesn't that even feel like trust to me that feels like fear it is fear yeah. and that's what many people talk about at jodyhildebrandt.com is mm -hmm. the fear tactics the shame the guilt the attacking yeah. verbally verbal attacking of each other and of you know from her very aggressive behaviors <laughs> getting them in trouble with their church, with their work. Getting She's done all of that. Their jobs, getting yeah. excommunicated, all kinds of things. Lots and just endless amounts of um, confidentiality violations for therapists. Mm -hmm. It is endless. Uh, we know that the two middle Ruby children who were living at Ruby's house, who, who had been going at Ruby's house, not at Jody's house at the time, that the arrests were made, they were um, picked up and and spending some time with a woman named Pamela Bouchard. Pam is somehow involved here. She's been a part of working with their one of their programs called Moms of Truth. She was an admin in one of their groups she was assisting them in some ways uh -huh. and um at the on the day that this all occurred she had the two middle ruby children at her house because uh -huh. there were some questions about where where were all these kids and they're not even in yeah. the same town they were 250 miles apart at the time of the arrest so wow. those kids were given the opportunity to either go with their oldest sister sherry or to go into foster care. So they went with their sister, Sherry. So they've been with her. Uh -huh. There have been whisperings that all the kids are going to end up with Sherry now. And uh -huh. that they're not going to put any of the kids with Kevin at this point until this investigation is over. We're not 100% sure if that's true or not. Because family court is sealed. And so we yeah. there have been some custody hearings. We don't know exactly what happened uh -huh. in those hearings. But poor Sherry... She's, I believe, yeah. a junior in college. Yeah. And she's, she's going to assume woman. custody of all of the rest of her siblings. Yeah. Well, there's one other child who's also an adult. But for, That's but a true. Four of it's them. 18. 
That's yes, right. It's 18. But there are four uh, minor children in this situation. And we just sort of are waiting for what's going to happen next. What's going to happen in court? You know, where are we going to go from here? Uh, we know that, you know, it recently came out that the children that were being held had rope burns um, on their wrists and ankles and that those rope burns were being treated with a mixture of honey and cayenne pepper, mm -hmm. which is torture. Yeah. Um, we know that over time, Ruby was spending more and more time actually living with Jody, uh -huh. and that her children were being in some sort of quasi-intensive therapy with Jody at her house uh -huh. to the yeah. point of being held captive there and being um, starved yeah. and abused. Yeah. Apparently... Um, there had been some previous calls about the kids and concerns yeah. over time. So child protection had been, um, or DCFS, I think in Utah, had been investigating the Frankies for a while, but had never uh -huh. found anything actionable uh -huh. and had told oldest daughter, Sherry, that basically child protective services couldn't do anything until somebody actually gets hurt. Wow. Which is horrible. And now that has in fact happened. Yeah. Uh, the state of Utah has frozen Jody's counseling license. No shit. Well, good. Um, there have been medical concerns for both Jody and Ruby while in jail because it turns out they don't really like being locked up. Irony, anyone? Wow. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I didn't. It's an update that isn't a lot of an update. We just know a little more about what's going on here, but we don't yeah. know still exactly what's going to happen through the courts. Mm -hmm. I think at this point, what's been happening is getting the kids into a safe situation. And that's the most important yeah. thing Absolutely. is getting them into a safe, situa safe situation and then figuring out what did dad know? Is he yeah. to be charged as well? We don't know that he hasn't been yet, but I, would say that that doesn't necessarily mean it won't be. Right. Yeah. Uh, but we will continue to watch this situation. It's horrifying. It's absolutely mm -hmm. horrifying. And it's horrifying that it had to get to this level with mm -hmm. the Frankies and with Jody Hildebrandt before mm -hmm. action was really taken. Um, because oh, yeah. Reading, because, yeah. This has been known information for a long time. Yeah. Jody's the um, worst. Well, and Jody has done things like, when they were arrested, she told the police that um, the two Frankie children that had been being held captive should not be allowed to be around other children. And there's been implications that they are sexual predators. Here's yeah. the thing you have children, to understand. Victims. Victims. But the other thing that you have to understand about this is what Mormons view as pornography, what Mormons view as aberrant sexual behavior are not what you, the rest of the world, probably think yeah. at all. Mm -hmm. I mean, viewing pornography could be viewing a movie with a woman scantily clad. Mm -hmm. 
that could that's easily pornography. I mean, I've joked yeah. about my porn shoulders that I often wear sleeveless mm-hmm. uh, clothes when we do our show because of my porn shoulders, because we were told as children, as young girls by mm-hmm. general authorities of the Mormon church, not to create pornography of ourselves mm-hmm. simply by dressing inappropriately, which meant showing our shoulders, yeah. uh, wearing anything above the knee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when when these two say things like that, you have to really take it with a grain of salt because it's likely that what they're saying would not hold up to the rest of the world's definition of being a predator. Oh, definitely not. I mean, they tried to claim that the, the little boy has been a porn addict since he was three. Yeah. That's the craziest shit I have ever heard. Yeah. First of all, how would a child even have access to pornography? And what are we calling pornography? Yeah. A PG-13 movie? Right. It could happen in Mormonism. So absolutely. that's where we're at with the Frankie and Hildebrand situation. I think we're going to see some movement with the courts pretty quickly because the request um, was to uh, not um, move forward prior to August 5th for the bail hearing. And that ha- date has come and gone. So I'm mm-hmm. suspecting that this week we're going to see some court dates and some movement forward. Mm-hmm. And so we'll Short continue mate. to cover that. Yeah, for sure. All righty. Well, this has been our Monday episode. We'll be back Tuesday, Wednesday, Wednesday night for case updates. And then, of course, watch for the watch parties over the weekend for the Murdoch Murders uh, Lifetime movie event. <laughs> so yeah. that's what we've boom, got boom, coming boom. up. Be sure to like, share, follow, you know, you know the things. Thanks so much for being here, you guys. Have a great day. Take good care of yourselves. You deserve it. This has been yet another production of the True Crime Squad. Bye, everybody.